0: we're going to talk about a good day. Where we have come to in the Scriptures, it's it's a good day that you and I can rejoice in and relate to ourselves and the timing of things in many ways. Look with me in verse 17. We pick up in verse 17. We shared it last time, and it overlaps and will be in this message. Of course, where we are right now is with Ruth. She has been to glean in the field of Boaz. She has has gleaned and received more than she ever thought she was going to be able to have by way of a meal. She's been supplied for a whole week and she comes home to Naomi and shares the news of this good day with Naomi. Verse 17 So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest." Naomi and Ruth, they have been through some difficult days. We've walked through these difficult days with them. They lost their husbands. Naomi lost her witness. They were looking for a meal. They didn't have it. They were destitute. But we see tonight that after several difficult days that a good day has come forth. Uh, It's a good day for them that we might rejoice. We might even relate. Our pastor's wife, Beverly Stone, has been in the hospital for many, many days. She's had many difficult days, but she got to go to her house, to the comfort of her own home. It's a good day for them. And... And I'm not going to elaborate on this, but we're going through some difficult days right now. We can all relate to several days that have brought about some thoughts and some concerns. The jokes seem to be... They seem to be dwindling and we see seriousness and things happening among the saints of God and there's difficult days. There may be some difficult days ahead, but we can always look forward to a good day. Now, we know that guaranteed promise, there is a great day coming when Jesus comes back to the clouds. But if he tarries and he doesn't, I'm not just talking about that good day. We're not promised. We don't need to be promised anything but salvation. But in our experience with the Lord and our walk with him, he gives a good day. There there are difficult times we shall go through, but good days are on the way. He's given many of them. And we are invited into Naomi and Ruth's good day that they have this evening. Ruth has not by accident ventured into the field of Boaz. She was able to glean there. She fell in with the servants of the field. And then she met the owner of the field. She was invited to sit down to dinner and to sup with the owner of the field. She caught his eye. She caught his eye and she supped with him. And she is full and she is satisfied and she gathers up the leftovers from her meal. She has six plus days worth of grain, after one day of gleaning, she has a 25-pound sack to throw on her back to be able to take home. She goes home. She's very tired, but not too tired to share her good day with Naomi. It hasn't been a good day for Naomi up to this point. Can you imagine as Ruth goes off and Naomi's at home, and she's hungry, and her stomach is growling, and she has no idea what's going to happen for Ruth for the day, and she's wondering if there will even be enough for a meal for two. And, and so can you imagine her day? And can you imagine when this, when this Moab girl comes walking up with enough food for a week? She's wondering, Naomi's wondering if they have enough for two single servings and they have enough to actually feed 14 and it's going to last the two of them a week. Imagine what she's thinking when she shows up with that. It's a good day because they have supper. Amen. It's, It's a good day when you have supper. And they have supper tonight. And we see this in verses 17 and 18. And we see that a grace seeker is satisfied in verse 17. She gleaned in the field and she beat out that she had gleaned. And it was was about 25 pounds of barley. It was a week worth of barley. So she goes out looking for a handful of grain. And she comes back with more than enough. She goes out looking for two single servings and she comes back with a family-sized platter that will feed a huge family. Boaz did this. Boaz wanted Ruth to know that everything she needs, the greatest supply that she could get around will come from his field. She wanted, he wanted her to glean in his field only and nowhere else. And that's grace for Ruth, and that grace for Ruth is grace for you and I. The grace that was given in the Old Testament is is the grace of the New Testament. It's the same grace for you and I today. And look. She had Boaz who offered this to her and you and I have a heavenly Boaz. Our Father in heaven has grace for us and He offers a supply of everything we need. I don't mean everything we want. I don't mean the same amount for everybody. But in every individual child of God's case, He has everything that we need. He blesses us with spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Ephesians 1 3 says so he gives us all we need there's no greater supply there's no more accurate supply for our lives than what our father can give to us and he wants to show us he wants to show his children how much he wants to take care of them he wants us to see just how good he is to us and he doesn't want to show us just once he wants to show us continually. At the, at the end of this message, there in verse 21, she was to glean, she was invited to glean, accepted to glean to the end of the harvest. So he, when, when He saved us, He... He supplied us with all the love we could ever have. We cannot gain any more of God's love than we than we received when we received Him. We can grow in grace and we can be thankful for mercy, but we can never have more grace and more mercy than what we had when we were saved, you understand? But it's a continual supply of it. God's grace is inexhaustible. It never runs out. The grace He gave you when, he's, when you were saved, it is good throughout your life. The Lord has heavenly blessings for His people on earth until they're no longer on this earth. And they will continue. And then when we're no longer on this earth, our blessings are going to hit a new level, okay? Ephesians 2.7 says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us, through Christ Jesus, I want to be a grace seeker like Ruth. Let us be grace seekers because God wants to give it and he wants to show it to us. The the, great, the grace seeker is satisfied, but not only that, the grace seeker is eternally satisfied. When you have God's grace, you have all you need. But we not only see the grace seeker is satisfied... We see the giving that has taken place so they can have dinner is magnified. Look with me in verse 18. It says right there in the beginning, and she took it up and went into the city. Can you see Ruth walking through the city with this 25-pound bag of food with her? A smile on her face and a sack on her back And everybody knows who this girl from Moab is. And they can see that she has been blessed. Look, the Lord not only wants to show us how good He can be to us, the Lord wants to show the world how good He can be to them. And He wants to do it through us. He blesses us and He gives us grace that the world might see the grace that we have. In days to come, there are going to be several different kind of reactions from people. And the people of God have such a reaction to have and to hold that a lost and dying world can look at them and say, what do they have that I do not? I want it. And it is peace with God. It is the peace of God. The So the giving is magnified. So the needs of all the world might be met by God. He wants to meet everyone's need. If everyone were saved on this earth right now, God could meet the needs of every single one of them without any work, without any effort. And that's what He wants to do through us. He blesses His people so that he might be magnified and draw the unsaved to him. I think about in Matthew chapter 15, the woman of Canaan, and she had a daughter that was grievously vexed with the devil. And she comes up to Jesus, thou son of David, and she is begging him to heal her daughter. And Jesus neglects her and starts walking away. She follows. The disciples are getting irritated And wanting to do something about this nuisance. And Jesus just continues. And all of a sudden. He stops. And he turns around. To to check her humility. And she's relentless. She is going nowhere else but to Jesus. If he seems like he's not close. Don't give up on him. Because he is. And he's doing what he's doing for a reason. So she continued to pursue him. And And what point was that 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 he stopped at when he turned around and he commended her faith and he healed her daughter? We don't know. It doesn't say. It may have been in front of a lot of self-righteous Jews that they might see their need for true salvation. Jews who thought that they were good through the family bloodline of Abraham. I don't know, but I know that God wants to use us to show the world... His true salvation, His grace, His mercy that He gives to all. Look, God doesn't give us grace just so we can make it in life. That's not just what grace is for. God gives us grace so that others might be made anew in eternal life. That's what He's using us for the world is being affected by God working through us whether we see it or not this world is being affected because it's God's plan he has he has given us of his spirit and the holy spirit lives within us and the results of the spirit living within the christian that's love that's joy that's peace that's long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness and temperance that might be the results of us knowing Christ as Savior, that we might be led of the Spirit of God, that the world might see these fruits in us. God wants to magnify Himself through the child of God to convert the enemy of God. So you see, the giving is magnified. And this child of God that was blessed went right through the town. Not all the Israelites were saved, you understand? So she went right through the town. The giving was magnified magnified. But let's look at how the gleaner is exemplified as we continue in verse 18. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and she being Ruth brought forth and gave to her Naomi that she Ruth had reserved after she was sufficed. By the way, that phrase where it says what she's reserved after that she was sufficed, that's talking about when she was setting down with with Boaz to a meal and and she ate and she was satisfied. And I just wonder if she was satisfied because she was full of food or I wonder if she was satisfied because she could eat a portion and she could think of her do- of her of her sister in Christ, her mother-in-law Naomi, and she could stop and save those leftovers and give them to her. The child of God ought to be more satisfied with that than taking it all. The gleaner is exemplified here because Ruth isn't selfish. Ruth wants to share. She wants to to give of that which has come her way. She wants to share it. She wants to share her leftovers. She's sharing the fruit of her labors. And she's sharing of the blessings that have come along to her. She doesn't want to hoard. She wants others to have. She doesn't want to be a reservoir. She wants to be a flowing river of the grace that has come to her. That it might go out to someone else. I'm telling you, she's exemplary here. She is a great example she doesn't want to to clog up the line but she wants God's blessings to flow God's blessings are given so that we might give them God's blessings are given not just for us to enjoy they're definitely not for us to hoard they're not just for ourselves The blessings of God are given so that we might give them. So her sharing is exemplified. But I'd like to interject tonight, so is her serving. So is her serving. She has received grace. She has been blessed. But I want us to notice something about the receiving of the blessings that Ruth has been given. She was willing to work for what she got. As I say this, God forbid many people be be out of work. And and, and we are in a special time where where some work may not be found. You know, so, so I want to be tender about that point. But I also would like for you and I to be clearly straight... On the blessings of God. Because we've shared in the past. How Ruth was excited about God's grace. And she was expecting God's grace. Not that she deserved it. None of us deserve it. But as a, a fresh new child of God. Who's been saved by grace. She was going out looking for grace. The grace she wanted. Wasn't her handout was With something put in it. She wanted to put her hand in a field. The grace she wanted was to be accepted into a land where she could work. She didn't, you understand, that's how she wanted to get a meal for her and Naomi. Her aim wasn't a freebie, it was farm work. And she wanted to go out and do that. She didn't have her hand out, her hand was in the field. We're not to wait for God's blessings to see if they're a lot. We're to, we're to work whether He gives them or not. Okay? That's what... And, and so we see how much she's been given, but her aim wasn't to get... Her aim wasn't to get all that extra. It may come, and it happens sometimes, but her aim was for God just to let her do what she could and for a, for a way to be made open to her that she might go get one meal. She was willing to work her fingers to the bone... All day for a meal for her and a meal for Naomi. And she's calling it God's grace that she would be able to do just that. You know, laziness and selfish is a sin. It's a sin, but work isn't. And Ruth has exemplified to us the agenda, the action, the attitude concerning the giving of blessings that we receive. It's a good day because they have supper. It's a good day because they have someone. In verses 19 through 21, we're going to see this someone of Boaz. And of course, you remember, he is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ to us. So let's look at someone who is aware in verse 19. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? And where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. It's crazy what things come to your mind. Just came to my mind right now. Anytime I I do a handy project around the house, Shelly will look at me and say, I didn't know you didn't know how to do that. (laughs) Or if she was at home, she would say, Who came over and helped you do that? And, and, and maybe some things look good and I didn't do them that good, but is it was enough to make her say that. Naomi saw Ruth coming back with that big old sack of grain after one day on her back, and she knew somebody had helped her. She knew that someone special had been there, she knew that someone was aware. She knew that someone took notice of her in a special way. In the middle of verse 19, she says, Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. Now, Naomi doesn't know who this he is yet, but she knows that someone gave their attention to Ruth. That, that someone was paying attention and they took notice of her and they were a blessing to her. She knows that. But what neither one of these widows knew was that the one who blessed her wants to know her better. Let me interject right there that the Lord always wants to know us better. He wants to be closer to us, not that he doesn't know everything, but for the intimacy and a spiritual relationship to take place. He who blesses us wants to know us more and be closer to us. Boaz was someone who was aware, and he wanted to know Ruth better. In verse 5, he asked, whose damsel is this? And then in verse 8, he tells her, You don't have to go to any other field. You can receive everything that you need right here. In verse 9, he says you can drink of the well anytime you get thirsty. In verse 14, he had invited her to sup with him. In verse 21, he says you can serve in my field continually all you want to the end. He was very aware. And you know, the Lord is aware of us. And He has a very large, open, giving hand for you and I. He is generous to you and I. When I was first saved, I don't know if it was some preaching I was under. I don't know what it was. But when I was first saved, I thought of God's hand... God is spirit. He doesn't have these body parts, but we say these body parts so we can relate and connect the teaching of God and the understanding of God. So when I say God's hand, I thought of God's hand as a fist closed with indignation. That's what I thought. And don't get me wrong. We need to respect God. We need to reverence God and be in awe of God. But I tell you what, experience with our Lord makes us see that hand as open, and caring, and and reaching out to you and I, and taking care of us. That's what we see by experience with Him. You can rest assured that God is aware of you, and He has a plan for you, and nothing has ever been so devastating. No valley has ever got so low that God can't pull you and I out of it. He can easily do it. He's done everything that needs to be done. He just carries it out in our lives. We can trust Him. He's he's someone who is aware. But not only that, He's someone to care. Again in verse 19, where it picks up with Ruth, and she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, And said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And by the way, where it says, and she shooed her her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, that doesn't mean she pointed out Boaz. That means she told her about him. She told her who it was. And he's someone to care. You know, it's one thing to be aware. It's another thing to care. And it's another thing to be both. He is very very interested. He has inquired. Are you with me? He's inquired about Ruth. He has asked about Ruth. He's interested, but he's not interested for a vain reason. Some people inquire and they're interested because they need gossip material. But that's not the way our Lord is. That's not the way Boaz is. She was inquired upon by him and then involvement came into play. Boaz did not have to obligate himself to her. But he obligated himself to this one who had come along. He wanted to know her better. And he cares. He is someone who became very aware, willingly, and someone who cares. He wants the power and ability that God had given him and the status that he had to be used to help her life, to make her life better. God had blessed him with talent that he could do something amazing in her life. And give her a better life. He he knew of her past life. In verse eleven, we see that he knows what her life had consisted of. Let's read it. It says, And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother in law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and have come unto a people thou knewest not heretofore. He he knew where she came from and he knew that god would use him to be a blessing to her and to give her something better in verse 15 he had the servants to cooperate with her and when she was risen up to glean and she left the table boaz commanded his young men saying let her glean even among the sheaves and reproach her not he He instructed his servants to cooperate with her. He instructed his servants to go out of the way for her. Verse 16, And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. Boaz willingly obligated himself to her. And as a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ... He has supreme authority. No one's going to tell God what to obligate Himself to. But because of God's love, because of who He is, because of His beautiful salvation that He has saved us, He obligates Himself to us. He obligates Himself to take care of us. God has made promises to us. None have ever been broken. None ever will be. No matter what we go through, He has obligated Himself. He is willingly involved In our lives. His care for you. It's action. It's not just a feeling for you. Oh, I feel for them. It's action toward your life and mind. And sometimes you know it when it's going on. And sometimes you don't. Psalm 121, 8 says, The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Do you know that he's aware and do you know that he cares? Let's also look at Boaz as someone who's rare. In verses 20 and 21, you see that Boaz is rare because of such a special tenderness and loving kindness that he is showing to others. It shouldn't be that rare, but it is. But his willingness to help others is outstanding above anything else. And he's personally rare to them because of his relation in the family and able to be a kinsman to them to take care of them. He's a picture of Christ which is a picture of to us of what we want to be. We've been predestinated to be conformed to the image of God's dear Son. God is making us to be more like His Son all the time in His will. So so this is a picture of what He wants us to be, as well as being a picture of Christ. He doesn't... And Boaz doesn't even realize the extent of what God is using him for. Because here he is being a blessing in Ruth's life. But man, there's something going on. It is spilling over. Can you and I be excited about being a blessing to someone else, of serving someone else, of helping someone else by the fact that we're going to have no idea how far it's going to reach to in someone else's life. Because as he is being a blessing to Ruth, something amazing is going on in Naomi. We can have two attitudes about working in the lives of others. Doing what we should, which sounds good, but what's even better is being what we are. Doing what we should comes with some anxiety when people give testimony about needing to be doing what they should. I feel pressure when I hear people say that. I think there's a better attitude than doing what we should, and that's being what we are we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ we are a child of the king we are joint heirs with Christ we have been saved by grace and not of works and we have been saved unto good works can we be what we are I like that better than doing what we should. We're going to be doing what we should when we're being what we are. Doing what we should is following instruction. Being what we are is just being an instrument, a vessel for God to be used by Him. There's doing what we should as a Christian and there's being what we are, a Christian. It's, it's learning to walk in Christ as He is training and designing us to be. Boaz is being a Christian here, and it is spilling over. And not only has He been a blessing in Ruth's life, Naomi's life is turned around. Look with me in verse 20. First of all, right there in verse 19. Ruth is giving the testimony, and she says, it's kind of like you want a drum roll. The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. It may be that when she said that name Boaz, Naomi said, Boaz! I remember him. He he's he's kinfolk. He's next of kin. Boaz, and and it all starts connecting to her what Boaz has been in Ruth's life, and then for Naomi to hear that name and hear that he is the one who what uh, what did she, what did she say take knowledge of thee he is the one, and she can't help but connect that with the Lord, and she knows that the Lord is intervening now. She has been turned around in her life. She has been refreshed. She has been restored. Naomi had grown cold. And the things of God had grown old. But this is a good day for two widows. Look what kind of day someone who was an instrument for God made for both of these. God has shown up. Don't get me wrong, he's always there. And he's always working. But every now and then, he brings about a result of some things he's been doing. Hold on, children of God. Hold on through the storm. Hold on through everything that is going on because what you can see going on might be difficult, but what you can't see going on, it's going to be amazing. It's the determination of God and He is going to bring it full course and a great day is coming after difficult days in our lives and it's going to spill over to many. Boaz was being a Christian to Ruth and it spilled over in Naomi's life. When we, be, when we will be what we are, a Christian, and, and, and everything's going to be happening, that God has equipped us with the be, lives are going to be touched that we're not going to know anything about. And that'll probably be good, because we might be tempted to brag about it. But God's got an amazing reward in heaven. For things that we don't even know is happening. When, when we're being who we're to be, Naomi's life is turned around. Naomi's life is turned to the Lord. Because because as Ruth is speaking and she says the name Boaz, Naomi is thinking, and look, and look. I, don't, I didn't read that. Verse 20. And look at Naomi's response. After Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said to her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen, Boaz. The Lord had paved the way for Ruth. And Naomi knew it. Naomi's calling it. And she sees it. Naomi is gaining spiritual confidence again. She's coming back. Remember, Naomi's coming back where home is still home. And she's getting settled in home. And her spiritual confidence is coming back again. Have you ever seen a child of God restored? Have you ever seen one that went off in the wilderness of sin and they came back and they're made strong and they're restored and they're convicted of sin and they turn from their sin and they confess their sin and they are made right with God again? God is in the business to do that. Restore such a one in a spirit of meekness. He wants to use us to do that. And, and Boaz has been used in Naomi's life. I mean, she was already coming back to the promised land. But I tell you what, the icing on the cake and what was continually needed, he was willing to be God's vessel, not even knowing what all was going to take place. Ruth didn't just happen into the field and wander into the place of a ready, related, redeeming kinsman to them. And Naomi knew it. These two women needed a redeemer. And God set it all up. And they were redeemed. And you needed a redeemer, and I needed a redeemer. Everyone here needed a redeemer to redeem us from our sins. And Jesus saved us. Oh, what a good day. Oh, what a great day that was. That, that was the greatest day of my life. I've, I've told my family since my kids were young, right in, right in front of Shelley. there's a greater day than the day we got married, honey. The day that Jesus saved my soul was a greater day. Kids, when you were born, it was a beautiful, beautiful time in the hospital. But there's a greater day that tops that, and that's the day that Jesus saved me from all my sins. What a great day we had in that. What a great day we can continually rejoice in in that. We've seen many difficult days for Naomi and Ruth. But today, tonight, us, we rejoice in their good day. God brought about a good day. And may we know that in the midst of our difficult days, a good day is coming. That's an absolute promise because when Jesus comes back to the clouds, it's going to be an amazing day for the children of God. But what do we know by experience? Lift, lift your hearts, lift your head up, because God gives good days. He has many promises and blessings for this life. Is there anyone here tonight who doesn't know, who doesn't know this, who doesn't know this experience of knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Have you been redeemed? If you've been redeemed, you know it. And I pray you don't leave tonight. I know we're going to leave kind of separately and we're going to leave kind of quietly, but don't you leave if your heart is stirred and you don't know that you know that Jesus Christ is your Redeemer. If you have no hope, Jesus Christ is our blessed hope to save us from all of our sins. Let us closed bible study and a word of prayer